It's a Mailbag Monday. We've got your questions on Astros outfielders, Rays first baseman Kyle Manzardo, and fantasy baseball. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And, and as we do every single Monday, uh, questions from listeners. First one here, it's about outfielders for the Astros. So Josie Martinez sends an email into the show, Prospects at gmail.com if you have a question. And... Uh, Want to know about upcoming Astros outfielders and who has the most potential because the Astros need a center fielder. Um, you know, as far as like he asked for for projections, you know, homers, average OPS, who has the highest ceiling, uh, and who do I think is going to be the next permanent center fielder for the Astros? So this is probably an entire show if I were to hop on with the guys from Locked On Astros. But quickly, kind of when I went through the system and thought about where would I put guys. I have a, just using prospects, uh, a left to right, a fourth outfielder, utility guy, and all of that. So, if this is me, my left fielder for the Houston Astros, just from the prospects that you have, is Jacob Melton. 2022 second rounder out of junior college, like Lynn Benton Community College, six foot 208. And uh, I think he, like, he can play center field. So just let's kind of clarify that up front. He can play center field. The reason I have him in left versus uh, center is one, I have a, a guy that I like better for center field. But the reason I don't have him in right is because his arm strength is average. I think it's good enough to play there. It's just not something where it's particularly noteworthy. And there are guys who are candidates for right field who have stronger arms. So I think he'd profile best in left there. You'd get fantastic defense. And then small sample size. He got 19 games in low A at age 21. 324, 424, 577 is the slash line. Four home runs, 10 extra base hits, four or six on stolen bases. Struck out 20 times to 11 walks. So kind of flirting right there around that 25% strikeout number, which somebody who's acclimating to the bigs, a thing that I kind of understand. But I've got him as a top five prospect right now. Good speed plus speed. I think his power is above average to plus somewhere in there. He's got a lot of lot of stuff in his swing, right? Like a lot of moving parts. So simplifying some of that is going to help unlock the power. But he's done really well as far as when he was in college um, at Oregon State. Did well uh, hitting hitting fastballs. Did well... Um, especially with premium velocity. Struggled a bit when it came to breaking balls and off speed. I think part of that's the swing and just trying to, you know, trying to streamline the swing and sitting on fastballs. Uh, speed, somewhere between a 60 and a 65, I'd say probably. I've seen people give 70, 70 grades. I think it's probably closer to 60. But like what he does, think he's probably the best fit in the system for the backup and center or left field. The center fielder is another guy who was drafted this year, Drew Gilbert out of Tennessee. So 2022 first rounder, um, 
spent six games in low A, so the sample is practically not even necessarily worth mentioning. But uh, another top five prospect, 5'9", 185, not a huge guy, but uh, he's got a plus arm. He's got above average to plus defense. He's got above average speed. So gives you all of those things that you want. And then in college, albeit with a metal bat, surprising amount of power for his size. Uh, didn't strike out a ton, made a lot of contact, uh, kind of a, a twitchy hitter, a lot of bat speed in that smaller frame. I don't know how well it's going to translate into a wooden bat. I think that's the question. And so I do have questions about the overall physical ceiling. Uh, feels like a guy that doesn't have a ton of projection left, but definitely someone who who I think can hit at the major league level. I like the hit tool enough where the power tool is going to the power that he does have is going to show up in games. Again, plus arm, plus speed. Um, I think that you know the routes and reactions are good enough where you're going to get above average to plus defense in center. For right field, I think this is where the competitions start. So, a couple guys that I'm looking at: Tyler Whitaker, um, number was he number 12 prospect in the system. He was a 2021 third rounder. Out of high school, super toolsy guy, lots of swing and miss in the profile. So I think that's what concerns me. 122 games in low A, 188, I'm sorry, 187 batting average, 266, 313, 180 strikeouts in 120 games. So obviously, lots of swing and miss there. Um, You know, speed is plus to plus plus. The arm, uh, the arm is above average. The defense is probably about average. But obviously, has to figure out the, the swing and miss. If he can get, and granted, he's 19 years old, but if, if he can figure that out, I like him in right field. But the strikeout numbers were so high this year where that's definitely a question to me whether or not it's going to happen. Uh, Colin Barber's the other guy who I have competing for the right field job. 2019 fourth rounder out of high school, spent uh, this year in high A, 63 games, 298, 408, 450, seven home runs, 18 extra base hits, seven of 11 on stolen bases, 57 strikeouts in 63 games compared to 30 walks. So not a, you know, striking out less than once a game. The thing here is he needs to stay healthy. He's missed so much time. He got 16 games last year. Um, you know, 63 games this year. He just has to stay healthy to get the experience. I mean, he was drafted in 2019, and he's played a grand total of 108 games. Now, granted, you lost a 2020 year, but I'm counting 20 games in Indie Ball as part of those numbers. I mean, he just he just hasn't played a ton of games. And I think it's something where I could see him with the speed, the arm. I could see him work out in right field. He's got a Great work ethic. He just has to be healthy. He just has to play a full season um, and, and, and show that he can do it. The number four guy that I have for now is Justin Durden. So undrafted in, tw- in 2020, only five rounds. So a lot of guys did that. He was at East Carolina before that. He was at Southeastern Missouri State. Um, has... Average to above average tools across the board. Nothing's plus. He can play all three outfield positions. Uh, This year, he batted, what was it here? He batted 
302-384-558 when he split time between AA and AAA. Uh, 24 home runs. He had 20 and 92 games in Corpus Christi. He had four and 32 games in AAA Sugarland. So with the Space Cowboys. So not quite sure how much the, of the power is going to show up at the big league level. Uh, but I like the fact he can play all of the positions. I like the fact that he can make quality contact. Uh, power doesn't always necessarily show up like it needs to, but he can make quality contact. So I think the fourth outfield role is probably what you start off with. If the power starts to show up in his next AAA sample size, maybe you look at, okay, maybe he's the right fielder. Um, but for now, I like him as that that fourth outfield type. And then Pedro Leon in the system, to me, is your utility guy. 5'9", 185. Um, struggles offensively, right? So this year, he spent 115 games all in AAA. 228, 365, 431. 17 home runs, 47 extra base hits. So when he makes contact, it's quality contact. It's just, can he make contact? 145 strikeouts in 115 games. Uh, 71 walks. Um, they, I mean, he's he's very good defense, and they've played him all over the field. He uh, he's played at shortstop, second base, right field, third base, DH, center. Uh, he's played everywhere, just about. I like him as your super utility guy. Uh, right now, you have Mauricio Dubon doing that role at the big league level. I like Pedro Leon to come in and be that guy uh, going forward. I don't know if he'll be in this offseason or it'll be sometime after that, but. Pedro Leon to me is your is your utility guy. So left to right, Jacob Melton in left, Drew Gilbert in center, Tyler Whitaker or Colin Barber in right. Uh, Justin Durden is your fourth outfielder, maybe taking over that right field job if he if the power can be more consistent uh, in AAA because he he lost it when he got promoted. And then utility Pedro Leon. In just a minute, I want to talk about uh, a guy who has been kind of the most common assumption that he was snubbed in breakout prospects. Uh, but first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And the new flavor they have is delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. So the cookie dough chunk puffs, light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and it's covered in 100% real chocolate. It's the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. And it's healthy for you. 160 calories, 15 grams of protein. So go to Built.com, snag a box for yourself and the family. It is the perfect treat. Or you can just, you know, find a hiding place and stash them all for yourself. I have some here in my home office. Um, the kids don't come in here. And so, like, whenever I want them, I've got them. I don't have to worry about somebody eating them out from underneath me. So you're, you're going to love the cookie dough chunk puff. If you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, a quick bite because you got the cravings, whatever, Built is the perfect protein bar. It tastes better than a candy bar. You can ditch the calories, the fat, and the sugar by grabbing yourself a Built bar. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKEDON15, and get 15% off your order. It's a new promo code here. Promo code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. Okay, uh, Thomas Pistolison email is the one that I'm picking for this, but a lot of people have sent this in, uh, whether it's Twitter, whether it's YouTube comments. Uh, shout out Jacob on Twitter. We had a conversation about this. Uh, Kyle Manzardo of the Rays 
kind of feels like he's been snubbed for one of the breakout players of the year. So 2021 second rounder out of Washington State, 6'1", 205, plays first base for the Rays. And so his stats, between high A and double A this year, two-thirds high A, one-third double A, 93 total games, 327, 426, 617, 22 home runs, 49 extra base hits, 59 walks to 65 strikeouts, one for two on stolen bases. So shout out for the stolen base. That was in double A too. One, not even in, C, in high A where they have all the different pickoff rules and stuff. So uh, the crux of Thomas's question was, at what point does absolute production trump positional value? And I feel like Kyle Manzardo is one of the guys where uh, he's the poster child for it takes a lot longer than we think. And perhaps it shouldn't. So if you remember, we've talked about um, how to properly value catchers. And when we talked about valuing catchers, we talked about how the, off, the average offense for a catcher is lower than league average. Obviously, you're in the opposite situation at first base. The average first base production, it is an offense first position. The average offensive production at first base is about 10% higher than the average across the diamond. It's something your WRC plus is, needs to be 10% higher at first just to be average in MLB. And so it feels like to properly get recognized at first base, you have to sign- dramatically outproduce other positions. Just it, This is anecdotal, but when I look at breakout lists and I look at player production, it feels like to get recognized at first, you have to go somewhere around 25% more production than than a shortstop or a third baseman or something like that. Um, I absolutely think Kyle Manzardo deserves to be one of the breakout players of the year. Coming up this week, we're doing the uh, the minor league players of the year for every organization. We're going to cover um, two different divisions every day. So we'll do the Central for American League and National League one day. We'll do the East. We'll do the West. And then we'll do our final awards on Friday. But Kyle Manzardo feels like he should be in that conversation for breakout prospect in the Rays system. I think part of this is when you look at a first, like one, the offensive requirements are so high to get recognized. I think another part of it is when you have a first baseman that's not a great defender, which from what I've seen, Manzardo's considered right now to be fringe. I think he'll get to average, maybe above average in the bigs. But there's a little bit of kind of inherent, kind of we have reliever risk with pitchers. There's a little like DH risk. You have a guy that's not a great defender at first and people think, oh, he, he's like, not only is all he does is hit, like he can't even play first base defensively. And so people get a little bit discounted there as well. And then I just think there's a bit of bias against first baseman from the prospect apparatus in general. And Kyle Manzardo is a guy I haven't paid a ton of attention to because when you're looking over 120 minor league teams, you're looking at the shortstops. You're looking at the center fielders. You're looking at the catchers. You're looking at the positions where it's so hard to find options. First base is seen as that option where 
you know, that's a fallback for just about anybody on the diamond. If they can't hack it where they are, you can throw them at first base, they'll be fine. And so I think a little bit of that's inherent bias. But no, Kyle Manzardo absolutely deserves to be recognized as one of the breakout players of the season. And when we go through minor league players of the year, I'm really hoping he's in that list. Um, and we can kind of talk about what he's done. In just a minute, we're going to talk about some individual players, some recent draftees, questions from YouTube, as well as some fantasy baseball right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we're back. So, Bird's Eye Breakers on YouTube uh, had some questions for us about some individual players. Wants to know about um, two guys. First one is is Ben Kurdna of the Royals. Uh, so, 6'3", 203, 2021 second rounder out of high school. And this year, 17 starts in low A, 2-5, ERA, which we don't care about wins and losses, especially in low A. Uh, 72 and a third innings, 61 strikeouts to 32 walks, four home runs allowed. Um, so whip of 135, again, ERA 3.48. Uh, the things that I notice here about Curtin, so one, I feel like the strikeouts are too low and the walks are too high. So strikeouts, seven and a half guys per nine. Um, walks are just under four guys per nine. You'd like the strikeouts to be higher and the walks to be lower. A good rule of thumb is you're shooting for, at minimum, a strikeout per inning. Kind of average a strikeout per inning. A little bit low of that. And it's, it's, not, be, it's not necessarily because of the arsenal. I mean, well, okay, maybe it is. Uh, plus fastball. All right, fastball sits 96 to 98. Um, I like the the kind of the the downhill plane to it he throws some from a from a higher arm slot and so it's a very aggressive angle towards the plate right um to go along with that he's got a uh, the slider I'd give it above average right now it's got two plane break to it uh goes really deep in the zone so you know becomes a a really interesting kind of weapon and a profile there off of it and then the changeup is something that he kind of that he Whipped it out last year in Instructional League. He's been playing around with it this year. I think it has the potential to get to average. Uh, and it's got really good arm speed. Blends in with the fastball really well, which is what you want. And then, you know, so it gives you some deception. The, the, the speed of the arm, the release point, everything's the same when it comes out of the hand off of the fastball. So I think the couple, the things you're looking for here is one... I think he's got a little more velocity in there. I want to see the velocity touch up a bit. But to go along with that, I want to see the control get a little better. I feel like the competitive nature helps him. He's more aggressive, uh, gets better when there's guys on base. It's very much like a mindset thing, which you love that. I, I, I love the mindset. I think he's got the mindset of a, of a dog, like a, at, at, at pitcher. Um. I want to see the changeup not be so hard. I want to see the slider uh, generate more swing and miss and a little bit more velocity in the fastball. Uh, I think that this is an arsenal that can get you a number three, number four slot. Um, it's just a matter of actually kind of making it happen. So we'll see what happens here. The other guy, left-hand pitcher Mitch Bratt of the Rangers. So 6'1", 2021 fifth rounder out of high school. Actually got in four games last year 
in rookie ball as a 17-year-old. But this year at age 18, uh, 5-5, and 245 ERA over 19 games, 18 starts, with a 1.17 whip, 80 and two-thirds total innings, 99 strikeouts to 28 walks. So 11, just over 11 strikeouts per nine, again, above that one per inning mark that we're kind of looking for, um, just over three walks per nine. So walk every three innings. Uh, gave up four, only four home runs all year. So a little bit of a different profile, obviously, than occurred in a lot less velocity. For a lefty, I think the velocity is doable, low 90s. Um, it kind of gets, it can get up to around 94, 95. Uh, Changeup is in the low 80s, so a good velocity difference between the two. And uh, the 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 changeup comes out of the arm, same thing. A lot of, like, this, the exact same arm speed. A uh, lot of conviction and belief from behind it. He gets swings and misses off of it. So the fastball changeup combo is the main thing there. Working on a curveball that sits lower to mid-70s. Working on a slider that's, I, I, if I remember right when I saw it, it was low 80s. I haven't seen a ton of it. Um, still kind of has, has to work on. But something where there's potential in those pitches. Um, he's got to work, okay, one, 18 years old, plenty of time. But physical development. I want to see the when the physical development comes in, I mean, he's... 6-1-190. I think you can put on healthy weight and strength. I think you can get that fastball. I'd love to see that fastball instead of sitting low 90s and touching 94. I'd like to see the fastball sitting 93-94, you know, preferably 94-95 with the ability to touch something like a 97. I think that's doable with the frame. Um, the delivery is very kind of uh, easy and athletic. He's, it's not a max effort delivery, so I'm not as isn't not violent and whippy, so I'm not worried about injury and stuff like that. This feels sustainable. Uh, just make sure it stays good as he goes up. Um, I think the the I think the the walks can come down just a little bit, and part of that is as you develop the curveball and slider, you're going to be a little more efficient with them, and you're going to be able to land them a little better for strikes. So develop the secondaries. Work on the velo. I like the upside of him. It's just obviously Mitch Bratt is a ways away from Arlington. I mean, he's 19 years old, pitched for 19 games in low A this year. But I like both of these guys. Had a fantasy, had some fantasy baseball questions. So got a review. Uh, we always love reviews. Uh, this one was from Strong Bill was 11 on Apple Podcasts. Five-star review, which again, thank you for that. If you are listening to the show... Uh, and you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, go out and leave us a review in the podcast app of your choice. Absolutely love those. But said he's a fantasy baseball player that's new to the to a dynasty league, and this has really helped him greatly. And his question for me was, do I play in fantasy baseball leagues? Uh, do I find that my listeners are usually fantasy players or more interested in real-life baseball implications? And then do I have fantasy baseball in mind when I make the show? So I do play fantasy baseball, yes. Uh, my primary league... This is. I'm recording this on Sunday. Uh, I am right now in the championship round. We don't end until the MLB season ends, so kind of wild. Uh, I am leading, um, so I'm hoping that I win my first fantasy baseball championship this year. Uh, I came in top four last year, want to win it this year. Um, I find that a lot of my listeners 
as I understand, and I just don't know enough about my listeners. We're doing a listener survey this offseason. It's going to come out in the next couple of weeks to kind of get more information about, about you and about what you want to hear on the show. But from the ones that I talk to, a lot of them are fans of prospects as far as real-world implications, and then card collectors. A lot of card collectors as far as understanding prospects that are hot and are popping off, and you can see the values in the cards and things like that. Uh, Fantasy baseball in mind when I do the show, not always. And I think that's because I I, I talk too much about defense. Defense doesn't matter uh, when you are doing fantasy baseball. Um, I don't always keep fantasy baseball in mind, but people who are... Fantasy baseball people do listen to the show, and from what I've been told, the Farm Fridays are where some of these uh, some of these fantasy baseball people are kind of listening to dig into a farm system to hear about uh, gems that might be in a lower levels of a farm system. So you know things like the breakout prospect reviews, stuff like that, those always do well. And I've been told that fantasy baseball people are listening there to hear about guys that are breaking out, so they can go out and get those guys in their leagues. So I'll try to be a little more mindful of fantasy baseball going forward and talk about, you know, whether it's uh, draft stuff, whether it's recent draft, you know, just trying to be a little more mindful of the needs of fantasy baseball. Maybe we can do a fantasy baseball segment every week where we talk about like potential call-ups and who may or may not be worth adding as you, um, as they debut. I've had mixed results with prospect debuts this year. I've got, correction, I know I've been pretty good with prospect debuts this year. As far as the guys I chose to actually get and how they performed, I grabbed Spencer Steer for his debut. Hit, I think we had two for two with two walks and a home run in his first game. Um, I usually let the other guys in my league uh, spend a ton of fab on the prospects. I'll go get the underrated guys, um, get a little bit of good production out of them, and then when the league adjusts, I'll go ahead and kind of let them move on. Um, maybe I'll flip them for somebody as I feel like the league starting to adjust. So I kind of, I do use my, my info here a little bit, but mostly, and my primary league is a redraft league. And so we don't do a ton of stuff with prospects. I am looking for a dynasty league. If you know of a dynasty league that is starting up for next year, reach out to me. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, shows on Twitter at Locked on Farm, or you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. I am looking for a startup dynasty league for next year. So let me know about that. Um, again, fantastic week this week. We're going to be going over players of the year for every farm system, naming our pitcher of the year, our uh, hitter of the year, our uh, rookie and prospect of the year, and all that on Friday. So stay tuned for that. But until then, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. Uh-huh.